Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kemmock with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, I want to talk about did Christopher Columbus discover America? I mean, we seem to be a little bit confused about what happened. And history has a way of favoring the winner. Right? So... (laughs) And in a lot of ways, a lot of us are asking, did Christopher Columbus really discover the Americas? Well, we want to delve, dive into that a bit. But first, I want to say something about what is going on around the country, especially here in my own backyard in Michigan. Uh, Just yesterday, I was reading on uh, on the news on on one of these websites that a young black man in Warren, Michigan. Historically, Warren, Michigan is known to be very racist. Let's just be clear. I'm not mixing words about it. It's 2020, and we're just tired of the rampant racism that plagues Black people and people of color all throughout this country. And until we are all uncomfortable with the incidences of, of, of racial violence and racial inequities, this problem is never going to go away. And so I read that a young man who is an Amazon delivery driver was just doing his job. Frankly, he was just doing his job. He had just made a delivery. And somebody must have called the police for whatever reason. Maybe they just liked seeing a young black man getting killed that day. And the police showed up and asked him for his ID. So I've asked lawyers, what happens when the police show up and ask you for your ID? They really aren't supposed to do that. But the law gives them qualified immunity which means that they can do whatever they want to do. So they can ask you for your ID, knowing that you are going to resist, knowing that you're going to say no, and then they can say that you're resisting arrest. The other thing to that is that if you are reaching for your ID, he can also say that you were reaching for a gun. He didn't know what you, you were reaching for, so he's shooting you. So the Warren Police Department is on blast, has been on blast in this area because they're known to be racist. And I'm, I'm sorry, folks. And I'm not sorry. I'm not about to be silenced or intimidated by any group of police, by any police union or anything. The timeout for that foolishness is long gone. And I am sick and tired of it. My daughter is black. She was just driving down the street in freaking ass Warren this morning and said the police showed up behind her. So don't think I'm going to stop. She said there was a cop around driving around, mom. Let me get off the phone so they don't have something to say. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, if my daughter were white, she wouldn't have to worry about that. And this is exactly what I'm trying to say. So we need to, we need to become uncomfortable with the conversation. And I tell you, when I called her, for some reason, I just felt like calling her to find out if she had arrived at her destination. And when I called her, I said, I'll stay on the phone with you. Because if he pulls you over today, I guarantee you the police, our commissioner of Warren was going to meet me face to face. I guarantee you it was not going to go like that. And I think this is, this is where we are in America today. Every person who is a black person, the minute they pull you over, start a recording immediately because 10 times to one, it doesn't go in your favor. And you end up either killed or you become a hashtag trending on Twitter and they have to have marches in your name. So as soon as the police come to pull you over and you are a person of color, start a recording. Let the police be confronted with their negativity. Like I said on Facebook yesterday, majority of the police force in this country are white, and overwhelmingly the people who are arrested are black. There's a disconnect. Black people are 14% of the U.S. population, but are 90% of the prison population. We have more people in prison than any other country on the face of the earth. Black people are pulled over in every state for traffic infractions, minor traffic infractions that should get a ticket, but they end up resisting arrest, which is a felony warrant, which becomes a felony. So this young man is busy making a delivery in Warren. The police calls, asks for his ID. He doesn't give his ID. Why should he give his ID? That's his right. 
he should not give his ID. And the police lock him up. And then the, the, the old police uh, commissioner in Warren, he looks like he comes straight out of Jim Crow. He should not be the police commissioner. The city of Warren should remove him and ask him to retire because his thinking and his ways of operating are contrary to what is happening and what is necessary in the society for healing. And since you folks don't want to call for healing, I'm not calling for no healing. I am saying it's time for equal rights under the law. It's time for that. My daughter is 17 years old. She'll be 18 in a few weeks. My daughter is a citizen born in this country. She has no business. She should never have to worry about the police showing up behind her. She should never have to worry about that. She should never have to worry about that. She should never, and she's not going to, because I am going to make so much noise that it will not stop here. This is ridiculous over and over again. And until the police come close to close and are confronted with their racial tactics and their racist behavior towards people of color, they're never going to stop. And politicians who you need the police union votes for voting blocks, you all better get with it real quick. You are all going to be voted out of office if you continue to support this racist agenda. The time out for it is enough. I'm a parent. My daughter is not going to be, none of my children are going to be a hashtag trending anywhere. Neither am I. So get your asses together and buckle down and start doing the business of effective neighborhood policing, which is to reduce crime. In every community that I have looked at across this country, crime is violent. Crime is always up. But the police need get more money and more money and more money and more money and more money. They're always going to city budgets asking for more money to fight crime. But crime is never reduced. That's the thing. Violent crime is never, ever reduced. Women are still being beaten and murdered. Senior citizens are still being robbed and murdered. Hello, somebody. Robberies are still taking place. Assaults are still taking place. People are still raping and molesting children. But the police budgets in every city and municipality across this country keeps getting increased. So when people file civil suits to the police, at the police for a violation of their rights, I think it's time to start coming out of their pension fund. When you hit them in the money, I think they will respond to that better. Then it goes towards the city and the city has to pay for it. No. And I know that politicians, uh, you know, are wary of dealing with the police because everybody probably is afraid that, you know, they'll pull your kid over or they will, maybe you have a DUI that you need to hide. Maybe you shouldn't be in public office. Try to live like the rest of us. But at the same time, we have a problem of racial inequality. And the police is the establishment's uh, b- baton. They are the army. The police is the army of racism. The police enforce racism. They use all sorts of policing tactics to enforce it. Let me just point them out to you. Uh, For instance, if you work in any corporate environment and they're going to fire you, what happens after they fire you? Security shows up with a box to escort you out of the building. Well, the security is a form of policing. So if you, you can't say anything, you can't complain, you can't say, well, I was unjustly fired, I was this, you can't say anything. They intimidate you into silence with policing. If you go to the mall, you'll find there are mall cops. Sometimes I wonder what purpose they serve. They're always sleeping or eating something, right? And mall cops are just walking around or skating around or hoverboarding around. I think it's a fantastic job. But who are they looking for? They're looking for people who are stealing. Well, Millions and legions of white people go into malls and steal stuff, and they're never locked up, but it's always a black person being handcuffed or a brown person being handcuffed and let out in cuffs. So the police are the army of racism. They enforce it. And I'm sick and tired of the prejudice. I'm tired of the hypocrisy that is associated with it. I think it's, I've been on the sidelines for so long, and I have, in fact, said, well, Give them the benefit of the doubt. There might have been a crime present or a crime occurring. But now, it has gotten to the stage now where I don't even know, right? So I am saying that we need to, we need to uh, figure out what is, what is going on, right? We need to figure out 
uh, what is what exactly are we doing, right? We need to figure out where does the police go and where does it not go, right? And so we, we, are, we are at the stage where we have to uh, figure out what, what do we do? What exactly is going on? What is, what is the story behind all of this? Because the truth of the matter is that there has to be something for all of us to do. There has to be a way in which we communicate that uh, tells us how to do it. So how do we move forward? Well, one of the ways, one of the first steps that people are using to move forward is they're dismantling images associated with systemic racism. And some of those come from races. Those, some of those come from Christopher Columbus. Some of those are over ages old. They're generations old. They're multi-generations old. They're centuries old. And so people are pushing back and saying, well, this is part of our heritage and part of your culture. Well, it's time now for us to assert everybody's culture. We've been socialized to worship only the elements and the images and the statues of people who created systemic racism and who forced enforced systemic racism. And now what? What is the issue? We can't just sit back. Right? You can't just sit back and say, and say, well, you know, um, this and that. No. No, we can't just do that, right? This, this, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So recently, we've seen statues are coming down. In, in, in Belgium, they took down the statue of King Leopold. You know who he was, right? He was the man who is responsible for colonizing the Congo in Africa. And he's responsible for the millions of violent deaths on the Congolese people. And then Northern Europe has the nerve to not want Africans, African immigrants into their land. But 400 years ago, they robbed and pillaged Africa, took all the natural resources out, built up Europe, and then you're going to tell descendants of the people whom you robbed that I don't want you in my land? They tore down the statue of King Leopold right here in America. They tore down the statue of Christopher Columbus. As a matter of fact, people are calling for a retraction of Christopher Columbus of Columbus Day. So I did some research into it. Columbus Day actually isn't really about Christopher Columbus. It was started by the Knights of Columbus, some fraternal order. I don't know who they are. And they just put it forward on the ballot and it became a thing. Why are we celebrating Christopher Columbus and claiming that he discovered the Americas? What is discovery? What does discovery mean? What does that mean? I think that's the question we really need to ask. What does discovery mean? Does discovery mean that you are the first one and nobody else was there, so you were the first person who got there? Is that what discovery means? Or does discovery mean that, well, since I'm the one with a bigger gun, I got there, but there were other people there, so I just shot them up, killed them all, took their women, took their land, took all their gold and natural resources. I kid you not. Well, that's what Christopher Columbus and the European settlers and explorers did. When they went to the Americas, there were already indigenous peoples living there. These indigenous folks, this was their land. This is their land because according to history, these folks tracked through the Bering Straits across through across Russia through Alaska through uh, down through Canada to disperse into the Americas. They then took boats and discovered that there were other islands in the Caribbean and so on. Christopher Columbus did not discover anything. He came, he saw, and he conquered. Should there be a statue erected to him to commemorate? the conquest of people. As a result of what he did, he came, he conquered, he robbed, he raped and pillaged. He took the wealth back to Europe. They then gave him an army to come back and do more robbing, more killing, and more raping. That's someone we want to celebrate? Isn't that where systemic racism began? First, it began with the indigenous people. So after they killed them out, they didn't have anybody to work the land. They needed to eat. So they needed agriculture. 
They needed people to work in the, in the mines, in the gold mines and the salt mines. So what do you think they did? They went to find more people. So they went to Africa and brought people. So the system of systemic racism began with the conquest of indigenous peoples. In order for us to dismantle that, because that's what we're seeking to dissolve. What we're seeking to dissolve is the ties and the chains that have bound us to the ideology that systemic racism is okay and we should live with it because we have no choice. That is entirely not true. And that we were told as black and brown people, we were told that we were not worthy of living on our own lands. We were not worthy of existence. We are not equal to the white person. And the white person is superior mentally, intellectually, emotionally, sexually, physically, and everything else. And our job was just to be subservient to the white man because he knows best and he should be in charge. And the way he enforces it is with violence. There is no more violent person than Northern Europeans who conquered the world. They used violence as a tool to maintain their supremacy. Today, what we're seeing on the streets of America is the police is that same tool that is used to maintain the supremacy of whites. That, my friends, is the real reason why the police exist. They're there to maintain the supremacy of the white systemic racist system. That's all. And every white person knows that and understands that, accepts that, and is in line with it because they too have been socialized that blacks and brown people that black people and brown people are traditionally out of whack. We're unruly, we're violent, and need to be contained. We have no sense, we have no intellect, we don't use our senses, we're like animals. That's what white people have been socialized. So naturally, when you go to a white person and they see a black man or a brown man or a black woman being detained, their first question is, uh, well, he must have done something they're only reflecting their socialization. So in order to dismantle and dissolve that, we have to dismantle the system that enforces that. And that is the problem. See, 100 years ago, we, we tried that. Slavery was abolished. 150 years ago, slavery was abolished. Reconstruction happened. We were supposed to move on. Nah, they didn't like it. They created the Civil War. Let's just be clear. So when we say, when black people say that I don't want to hear or I don't want to see Confederate flags, it's because traditionally Confederacy was a movement that was designed to enforce slavery and keep slavery going. I don't know, maybe the president didn't get a history lesson or he probably forgot that. He forgot civics because even the military is saying, yeah, we probably should listen to ideas on renaming some of these uh, military installations with these names, we probably should be listening. Even NASCAR, who is a bastion of Trump land, is saying we don't want Confederate flags at any of our races or events or Confederate paraphernalia. So what they're saying is, I think the time has come where we are a little bit more awake than we should be. The time has come. Black people understand this. You are equal because you are created by the same God that the white man worships. God did not create one group of people superior to another. That is a lie from the pit of hell, and it is one of the fundamental belief systems of white systemic racism, that God is so smart and knew what he was doing that he created one group of people superior to another. I'm going to invite you to read a book called The Bible. If you read the Bible, you see wherever there was oppression, God suppressed it. Don't you see that? The only people whom God elevated and lifted up were the Jews because he trusted them to carry the history of Christianity and the history of the stories of the Bible. But he didn't say you are superior, so therefore you should enforce your superiority. No, he just said, you're my chosen people. That's it. Boom. That's it. The Bible is also a historical record of the people who lived in the Middle East. Jesus Christ is a brown, was a brown man, an unarmed brown man who started a revolution in, uh, that start, began with the way people thought to overthrow a system of oppression that was oppressing his people. 
and Rome shut it down. White Romans shut it down. Are you listening? Go read your Bible. When the oppression started on Jesus' family, they fled to Egypt. Have you ever wondered who lives in Egypt? Do you know when I was growing up, I thought Egypt was part of Europe? I thought Egypt was part of Southern Europe. Until I picked up a map when I turned about 10 or 11 years old and realized that Egypt was actually Northern Africa. The way history presents Egypt is like Egypt is Southern Europe. Jesus's family fled to Egypt. Do you know why they could have fled to Egypt? Because they could have blended in with the rest of the population who were all brown. Hello, somebody. The lies that they have told in the name of Christianity are unbelievable. When I was growing up, all the Hollywood movies used to portray Jesus Christ as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white man. If that is not a lie, I don't know what else is. The Jews should have risen up a long time ago and claimed Jesus Christ as their own heritage. Isn't it crazy? It's totally, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's totally crazy, the kind of stuff. And here we are today with this legacy that is continuing. It's the craziest thing ever. We, we need to confront these methods and these ideas of our past so that we can move forward to the future. And we, uh, we have to come to terms with this and say, you know something, we were wrong. We need to come and say, we all need to sit at the table and say, we, we have some stuff that we need to accept. We need to accept that our ancestors were human trafficked from Africa and brought to the Americas. And white people need to say, we were complicit in that. We did that. White people need to say, we did that. You also brought Asians after the slave trade ended and you could not no more do blacks in the Atlantic slave trade. You brought in Asians as indentured slave uh, servants. That meant that they were paid a fee to work, but it was nothing really. So they were still in state, but they found out that Asians could not do the work as blacks did. That's what they say. What it means is that the Asians probably just could not handle it. And it just, the system of oppression was just not working anymore because the time for it had expired. So when you look at it, there is a history of systemic oppression against people of color. And I know that a lot of uh, professors in, in, in academia, they teach this in classes. But when people graduate, nobody comes out and talk about this stuff. Nobody comes out and corrects it and talk about it within the context of there must be systemic change. In fact, well, most of the teachers, the professors are white, for God's sake. They're the bastion of academia. They're, they live in their ivory towers. And for the love of God, all they do is continue to perpetuate myths so they can continue to be paid. And so the lies just keep being repeated over and over. That's another system, system of oppression in America is education. Education is not about educating black and brown people. Education is about white people, middle-class white people getting through high school to get to college and the teachers who teach them to make sure they get paid so that they can continue to live. Education is, was never about black and brown people. You've got to put this into perspective. This is why I say we need to talk about it. It makes you uncomfortable. Well, it makes me uncomfortable to live. How am I supposed to live? If my daughter, who is 17 years old, is going to drive down the street, and she's like, Mom, there's a cop driving up behind me. You think I'm going to be happy about that any day of the week? And I know some of you are police officers and you're listening, and I just want to know, how would you feel when the tables get turned? And your children are out in the community driving, and they call you and tell you some cop is driving behind them. You would strap on immediately and drive out there to take care of it, wouldn't you? Well, how do you think we feel? This is what systemic oppression is. And there is no excuse to say, well, these are rookie cops. You have socialized and inculcated in them the idea that violence against blacks is what you are supposed to do. So you find every way. The common thing is to tell people, I want to see your ID. I am 54 freaking years old. You little piss ass, don't come and ask me for my ID. What you want with my ID? To go steal my identity? 
Treat me with dignity and respect. Treat me with the respect that you would treat someone who is a 54-year-old author in your community. There are not many in your community. I can promise you that. Treat me with dignity and respect. Treat everybody you meet with dignity and respect. I treat everyone with dignity until they act out. And until we we come to this moment when we recognize that some of what is written in history are lies, then it's never going to change. Because black we we got to understand that and accept that. It's much in the same way that they say that black people sold other black people into slavery from Africa. That is a lie. That's not what the oral traditions say. That did not happen. You took their leaders. You took the chiefs of the villages, you took their kings, the princes, and the queens, and the people had no defense. They had no leader. They were standing there. They introduced you to, go to, to their ways and were welcoming, thought you were just another group of people who were passing through, and you took their leaders. They were broken. So they were fearful of the next time they saw a ship, because that ship meant that you were about to take more people, and you brought your guns and gunpowder, and you shot the people dead who were trying to run. It's the same way that you shot the man in South Carolina who was running from the police. It's the same way in which George Floyd, you knelt on his knees, used your knee to snuff the life out of him. It's the same way Ahmad Aubrey was shot while jogging. Same way Javier Ambler, who had a cardiovascular condition, was pursued by the police from running a stop sign. He ran a stop sign, and he was killed for it. The game has not stopped. It's just a different year, a different day, same old game of racism. I'm here to tell you that it is going to stop because it has to stop. This is the year, 2020, double vision, when we are confronted with all the atrocities of our past. We refuse to deal with it. We have refused to deal with it over and over. We have pushed it aside. We have created mass incarceration. We have created public policy and said, well, all black people are criminals. They all need to be locked up. All black people smoke crack. All black people are drug dealers. We've done so much in the name of systemic racism. Push it onto the table. Just keep the blacks over there. As long as you don't let them rise up, don't, don't, just keep them over there. And now, here we are today. So if this 2020 year will not pass away until something is done, the young people in the streets are on the right track. And what is amazing is that there are descendants of slaves and there are descendants of slave masters. So you are sitting in your corporate tower. You're sitting in your white ivory tower of academia. And you are like, uh, let's issue a statement so they don't think that we're racist. You are racist if you had to think like that. But your children are looking around and saying, wait, hold up. But I like those people. I like black people. I mean, I like their music. And I don't see what's the difference between me and them. And it's not fair. So the descendants of slaves and the descendants of slave masters have taken to the street. See, my generation grew up after civil rights. And my generation, we were told that we should go along to get along. Our grandparents and our parents agitated and fought. And then if you just go along, then they won't bother you and racism won't be a problem to you. If, if you just cope with it, if you just, you don't have to say anything. Don't, don't say anything, just go along with it. If that's what they say you do, just do it. If, if they treat you, just ignore it. Just take the paycheck and come home at the end of the day. That's what our generation was told. So we tried it. We went along, went and got educated, and then found out that the playing field was not level anyway. So our children and grandchildren are watching us having to pay off student loans in our 50s and 60s that we've been paying off for more than 20 years after graduating college. Our children are watching that as educated and as smart as we are, we're still not in positions of leadership in our organizations. But a white person with no skills, no nothing, just because they're white, has the lead up. 
They are watching as we are the first, the last ones hired, and the first ones fired. We're always at the tip of losing something, always having to march and agitate to have equal access to the same resources that our ancestors created. I saw a, a, a viral video that went viral with this white woman that we call her Karen in Phoenix. So we call her Phoenix Karen. And she attacked a young brown woman in the store. She actually told her, go back to your country. So the young girl said to her, you, where your ancestors come from? I was born here. Where your ancestors come from? And she pushed her in the store. This is how emboldened people are. And she asked the store clerk, why are you serving her? You should have served me. And her poor husband is now trying to say it was a moment of mental illness because he's about to lose his law firm. Until they start feeling it, until the money hurts them, they're never going to change. Now, he's apologizing for his wife because he's the one paying for it. Do you see the problem? The problem is people think that they have a right to disparage and be violent towards people of color. I kid you not. I kid you not. This has got to stop, and it is going to. I'm a firm believer that it will. Should they tear down more statues? Heck yes. Tear down the monuments to slavery. Christopher Columbus is responsible for the initiation of the Atlantic slave trade. He created the avenues of exploration and wealth and awakened in Europe a sense of hope that there were more lands that they could conquer. See, what was happening in Europe that they don't like to tell you is that at that time, there were more people in Europe than they could feed and care for. So they had to go find wealth elsewhere. People were dying from disease, preventable diseases even, and were dying from starvation. Europe didn't have Jack. So they had to go look for wealth elsewhere. So they sent people who had nothing to lose to go and discover the lands of the Caribbean and the lands of the Americas. That's how it all started. Then they found this was a whole other place named Africa that they could kill the people off and bring them to work. And they could further enrich Europe. My friends, this has got to stop. And this is, it's amazing to me because over time, colonization and the colonization of the world, what it did was it divided and conquered. Because people of color worldwide should be united in this one thing, and that is to overturn white supremacy and replace it with a system of equality. But because of divide and conquer, where they divided people and told one group of people that your skin, the color of your skin, is what we're going to use to denote your supremacy here. So uh, the closer you are to white is the more, is the better you are because white people are the best. And it says so in the Bible. That's what they used to say. And so people believe that. So people of color worldwide have these inbred prejudices against other people of color that comes through socialization and colonization. By the time you all wake up to it, it's too late. For instance, there are black people marching. Where are the brown people? Where are the Hispanics at? Where are the Asians at? The Asians from South Asia. Where are you all at? Where are all you Asians? Your country was invaded in Vietnam and Korea. I don't see any of you out there marching. Because you've been socialized to believe, again, that your skin color means that you are better. The system of white supremacy reigned supreme <laughs> because of ideology of, of like that. It is amazing to me because as I look at it, I'm like, where are all these folks? I mean, here in Metro Detroit, I'm like, I don't see any brown-skinned people down there marching. I'm looking for... We have such a diverse community here of Muslims. I'm like, where are they all at? Where are the brown people? Where are the Arabs? They think they're white. Oh, let me forget. They think they're white. They forgot that their lands were conquered in the name of, 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 of Christianity. And their oil, up until 1973 and OPEC, 
their oil was being taken away. They have to fight for it even to this day. The price of oil has dropped so much that it is about to devastate their economy. But they still think that they're better than black people because they're lighter skinned. Are you listening to me? It's called divide and conquer. And people of color worldwide have been subjected to this white supremacy ideology that has killed people in the name of policing here in the United States. I don't know about other countries. I know there's a problem with police brutality in France and Britain. And it is excused the way, well, we're dealing with violent criminals. That's always what you hear. And I'm like, but the murderers and the child molesters and the pedophiles and the rapists are still running loose. They're never the ones who are killed in the streets. George Floyd wasn't a murderer. Ahmaud Aubrey was not a killer nor a rapist. Trayvon Martin was not. Eric Garner was not. Eric Garner was trying to make a living selling some cigarettes that he bought from the bodega and was outside selling it to make some money. And you killed him because he was being enterprising. Come on. They weren't raping and murdering. This is why I said yesterday on Facebook, I want to see the arrest record of the 23-year-old man who was the Amazon driver whom the Warren Police Department uh, arrested. I want to see his arrest record. I want to see that he was a violent criminal and there were outstanding warrants on him that he needed to be apprehended. I want to see that. Because there's one thing I know, Amazon does not hire uh, people who have a record, have a criminal record. So unless they change that. The last time I, I had been told that they don't. So again, I want to see. So what I'm saying is in the name of white supremacy, Policing has become militarized to enforce white supremacy. And this is what the fight is about. Now, I know that I'm not, it's not going to be popular. No, none of us want to have this conversation. None of us want to talk about the tools of racism and white supremacy that continue to perpetuate. The woman in Central Park, Amy Cooper, she said she's a Hillary Clinton supporter. She's a Democratic supporter. And she supports reforms for, the black, for black lives. But check this out. When it was convenient for her, and she didn't think that a black man should correct her behavior, she said, I am going to call the police and tell them an African-American man is threatening me. She used the right language knowing exactly how that would play out. The African-American man in question is a Harvard-educated sports uh, writer. So you said, so white supremacy holds the ideology that we're not smart enough, we can't go to college. Then you go to college, in some places you go to the same colleges that they hold to high, uh, high esteem, like a four-year degree is not a four-year degree. That's just how I look at it. It's the networking that matters. But to me, a four-year degree is a four-year degree, Right. You could get it from an obscure university. You could get it from a well-known university. It is what it is because they all have to comply and conform to the curriculum of the U.S. Department of Education. So we went to college, obtained the the qualifications, live in different neighborhoods now, live in the same neighborhoods that white people live in, and you're still going to call the police and say this African-American man is threatening you. Do you see where I'm coming from? It's called racism. And it's systemic because it's nationwide. It's pervasive throughout the system. If you change your geography, you encounter the same racism. I had a, a, one of my viewers on YouTube recently who told me, we were talking about Am- Amadio Diallo, who was shot 41 times by the New York Police Department. 41 times. 19 of those shots hit his body and tore his clean. It was unbelievable. One of my viewers said he moved from New York because of police brutality against him and moved to Dallas. And I was like, did you do your homework? I mean, Dallas is another place where this happened. Changing your geography does not change it. You, but we're in the mistaken belief that maybe, if we, you know, it's personal, it's directed at me personally. So if I change my, no, you don't change your geography. You sit right there and fight it out. It is what it is. Somebody has to pay the price. Martin Luther King lost his life to it. 
Medgar Evers, Malcolm X, and many other freedom fighters, many of whom we don't even know their names. They will go down in the annals of history of having been freedom fighters. They may never make the 6 o'clock news. They may never be a talking head on CNN or MSNBC, but they still were in the fight. There are plenty of people around the country who have been fighting systemic racism in their own communities. They're fighting it on behalf of kids who don't have a voice. They're fighting it on behalf of women who don't have a voice. They're fighting it on behalf of men who have been locked up in the criminal justice system for something as simple as not paying the t- for your tax. Do you know how expensive it is to renew your tax in America? It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever come across. I have a 20-year-old car, my Range Rover. Is vintage. And every now and then, I like to take it out for a spin. I like it. Can I like something and keep it? Do you know my tag is $350 on a Range Rover? So you have a regular GM car, regular GMC. Your tag is $180. I have two other cars. I'm like, what the... So people of color who traditionally don't get a chance to get education all the time, they're disadvantaged economically. So they don't get educated. So they work service jobs, which are inconsistent because Republicans made sure that there are no unions. So it's an at-will state in most states in the country. That means they fire you at will. They hire you at will. So you don't work consistently. So you can't move out or pay rent in, in consistently. So how are you going to pay for your tax when it's due for renewal? So you get pulled over by a cop who was told by his chief of police that we have a quota to fill. You have to flag down so many people because the prison for profit system reigns supreme. The prison for profit system promotes politicians to power. And the politicians then tell through the police union that we have to pull over everybody for a traffic infraction because we need these, we need these prisons populated because the prison for profit gets paid by the state and federal government for how many bodies they're housing in their facilities. So when we decided to outsource prisons and not make it a federal or state oversight, we created a for-profit system where black and brown bodies are interchangeable. It's the most amazing thing. It's so glaring, and yet the police stand up in front of us and tell us that it's an illogical idea and an irrational idea to not ask for police reform. Are you seriously kidding me? Seriously. When black and brown bodies are in lockups and jails and are taken down to lockup for nothing, especially in this era of a pandemic. You're going to lock somebody up for, a, for, for a, something as comical as a traffic stop, not because they were pulling out a gun and robbing someone or not because they pulled out a gun and was raping a child or molesting a child or raping a woman or a senior citizen. Not be, you're going to pull out, you're going to lock people up and you, then you don't want oversight of what you do. So if the police don't want oversight, then what kind of society do we live in? You must be subject to some authority. What kind of society do we live in? You just make up the rules as you go along. The prosecutors are in with the police. The police bring a case. The prosecutor knows that he has a few every now and then, or she, they do some things, and they know the police know what they do, so they don't want to want their business get exposed, so they go along with it. That, of course, there's systemic racism involved in it. It's the craziest thing we have ever heard. Ladies and gentlemen, we, something must be done. It's enough. I refuse to be traumatized anymore. I refuse to see any more videos, like I saw with Javier Ambler yesterday from last year, where A&E Network actually had this film and knew that a man had died in police custody and did not say anything. The glorification of policing has made some people join the force just to be brutal. It's like it attracts the worst of the worst. 
It's like it promotes this idea that if it's not in prime time, if it doesn't look good, don't do it, man. Do it. We got to change that, y'all. We got to change that. And the change begins right now. So I'm saying to you, as we look at some of these statues coming down, don't feel some type of way. These are the people who started the problem that we are going through now. King Leopold is one. Milligan, the guy in England, is one. The other one who was a... I, I can't even believe that you actually have these statues still. I'm surprised they're still there. Honest to God. I'm surprised. How have they? How have you walked past them? That's a man who practiced the slave trade and who owned slaves. Look at Christopher Columbus. Why do we have Columbus Day? That thing needs to go. He robbed and pillaged Native people, not just here in America, but in the Caribbean and in Central America and everywhere he went. That needs to stop. We need to talk. White America, it's time for you to wake up. Examine yourself. Look at what you do. What do you do? You're sitting behind a desk and someone applies for a loan. And you, why do these forms ask for color? What race are you? Because the people who are making the decision are the people who are ra- they're racist. So they know who to give the loans to. If it's white, they're just granted. In banking, there is racism. In corporate spaces, in education, in healthcare. So all of you who are sitting there and saying, well, I'm a good person, I'm not racist, examine yourself. When was the last time you did anything? Well, I tried to do for one, but he was a criminal. That's not the point. The point is your ancestors created the criminalization, so you need to still do anybody else who show up before you. Because you are, your ancestors are responsible for it, and you are the representative of your ancestors. I remember years ago, I was having a discussion with someone, and I was telling them that I feel a level of responsibility to, for not fulfilling my life's, my life's goals. I said, the people who raised me expected more of me, and I feel as, as if I've let them down. Now, it's not that those people came to me and said, because most of them are deceased now, say, well, you didn't fulfill it, so you let me down. No, it's that I am their representative. When you see me, you're seeing my ancestors. So I am their representative. Well, that's how you white folks are. You are the representatives of your ancestors. You are repeating when you do not practice equality and you are not just, you are repeating what your ancestors did because you're their representative. It's an entertainment. It's in the, for years, I, I have been wondering, all these talented black and brown people, you mean to tell me all the white people act? I used to ask that question all the time. I'm like, all the white people make movies? Until Netflix came along. And I found out that everybody has a camera everywhere in the world. So you can, I watch films from made everywhere. Interesting to me. I'm like, yeah, I want to see your talent, how you do it. Your expression is unique. Your own expression. I am not going to ask why don't white people like us or why can't we get along? That's not my question. My question is, when are you going to come to the table and we sit down and talk about reform right now? That's my question. I don't care whether you like me or not. I don't need your sympathy nor your empathy. That's condescension. At the end of the day, your sympathy and your empathy is not going to get me further than where I need to be. I need reform and change now. That is systemic. So I and my descendants will never go through this again. So I say to the people in the streets, keep marching. Do it peacefully. Keep marching. Keep marching. And the rest of us, pick up your platform. Pick up your cross and walk. We got to change this. Because if we don't stop it, 50 years from now, my descendants will be talking about this and wondering what did we do. So get up and start walking. If we have to dismantle the images of, that kept us bound to an ideology where we are never equal, where we couldn't drink water from the same fountain, and to this day, there are still so many measures of inequality. Why is there only one black, 
Republican senator. The Republican Party needs to look at that. Don't glorify you have one in how many senators and there's only one black person. Where's the brown man? We need to look at ourselves and examine ourselves. Why are there, if the Air Force is celebrating the appointment of a black general? I'm like, shut up. I did not know that you never did this before. You mean to tell me all this time black generals weren't being advanced in the Air Force? Until the philosophy that holds one race superior and another inferior, we need peace. Well, we need to dismantle that philosophy. Because we found out that all it has done is created division and created violence that you and I have to live with to this day. As a white person, you're living in your community and you're looking over your shoulder because you don't know what's coming. That's living in a state of violence. Well, welcome to our world. That's how we live all the time. That's not a state that anyone should live in. And that need, that philosophy, ideology that is promoted by that idea, that is the one that we need to dissolve. Systemic racism. The root cause of it was human trafficking that brought Africans to the Americas. That needs to stop. My name is Harriet Kimmock. Thank you for joining me. This has been another edition of Down to Earth. Go to my website, harrietkimmock.com, as well as visit our pages on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your favorite podcast platform is, we have a presence. Thank you so much, everybody. As we go out today, I pray you be well. Be well in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.